0: If you're new here, I've got a free gift for you, how to scale your agency to multiple six and even seven figures and beyond by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself from the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. Again, that's 720-792-8036. Just text the word FREEDOM and I'll send you the free gift on how to achieve freedom in your agency and life. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Richard Hadler. He is CEO of Allen, a B2B marketing agency. They've got offices in the UK and Dubai. He is listed in the Forbes 30 Under 30. He hosts a podcast called B2B marketing the provocative truth and has also written a uh, best-selling book marketing the bottom line. Good to have you with us today. Richard, uh, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be here. So, uh let's let's get started with uh, your agency. Paint us a picture of Allen today. What's uh, in terms of like headcount and ideal customer and kind of what you guys as an agency excel at?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um We're 65 people. We have grown. We were founded technically five years ago. And we specialize in four key areas. So research, strategy, creative, and content. We're a B2B agency at heart. uh, And we work with large enterprise financial services or tech companies. So some of our clients include Google, Dell Technologies, EY, EY, And we come from a content uh, and actually editorial heritage. But our proposition, I suppose, what makes us different to other agencies is everything we do is around trying to incite provocative truths for our clients. Um, And our goal and mission when we work with our our clients is to make B2B marketing visceral, which is a a very strong word. Uh, And what we mean by that is we want emotions to, to be conveyed by brands, their creative, their content in a, in a similar way in B2B that you'd expect normally, traditionally
0: through B2C, traditional above the line advertising. Can you give me an example of a, a provocative uh, insight that is a provocative truth? Yeah, sure. All B2B marketing sh- <laughs> 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 I,
1: I think, uh, you know, it depends on the industry. Obviously, so you know again, what's quite unique for us is uh, when we're in a pitch process or we're speaking to clients for the the first time, we will uh, do quite a, a significant amount of desk based research and maybe some quant and qual research to identify where we feel there are three areas that that brand could potentially improve, mainly from a marketing perspective, and we will tell them front, It's pretty ballsy, I know, but um, it seems to land pretty well.
0: So, so your your goal is to go and do a lot of a lot of research. I mean, I think that's there's a lot of value in that from having somebody that's like outside the bottle come in, and that's why I love agencies, is they can come in from a, as an outsider to an organization and and maybe see things that the organization has um, become numb to or their blind spots. So then you got to go through that research, through that quantitative and qualitative assessment to kind of give three three recommendations or three kind of opportunities for them. That uh, that maybe they don't see is that that kind of a good good summary. Oh, we 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 start with that pre pre working
1: with the brands. Some you know some of them land, some of them don't. Uh, uh, mostly they do, uh, but you know typically when we work with brands, I think you you put it quite right rightly there. When you're a marketeer or even a board considering your marketing initiatives, a lot of the time you get very invested into what you you think you know or what you think your customers want to hear. You know, the role of an agency is to take an umbrella view, a helicopter view, as as you kind of alluded to there, to ensure that you're giving different opinions and views that maybe you don't see in that kind of linear view that you have in your your day-to-day approach to, to the business. Now, a lot of agencies will say they do that, and a lot of agencies do do that. Our, our belief is that the only way to, that you can properly do that um, absolutely, have conviction in it is through thorough research and a and a very robust
0: strategy. You mentioned you have some some of these campaigns that maybe are or ideas that land and some that don't. Any are there any that you feel like are uh, that have have knocked it of the park? Like just kind of a high level like view of what you were able to accomplish for the client.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, typically when a market when you say something to a marketer uh, that. They're having battles with their board about uh, at that time. You know, uh, typically on our podcast, we talk a lot around the the, the difference and the need for um, short term lead generation and demand gen, but also the importance of long term brand building. Typically, obviously, marketers struggle highlighting the value of lo- investing in long term brand building to their their boards. Um, so things around that obviously always hit home, looking at competitors. There's a really interesting thing in, in our world and B2B marketing when people think that they're being edgy and they're being forward thinking, but a lot of the time, uh, the briefs that we get through the door are trying to replicate something that's already been done in the market. So uh, a lot of our conversations are trying to challenge that status quo by telling them it's not about what your competitor's already done or what they're about to do or what you know, has happened in the market, the reactive, it's about how you can be proactive. It's what's happening next. What are the macro environments affecting your customers that are on the horizon that no one else is talking about? Where's that white space?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's E, the number two, M, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. What about, so I'm curious. I mean, I know that, uh, short-term lead gen or even medium-term lead gen and brand building. I know that when agencies suggest brand awareness campaigns, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've gotten eye rolls from that. I've gotten kind of like, oh, yeah, that's a nice idea, but we'll, you know, we'll do that later kind of thing. I mean, what's the, how do you convince a client for brand building? I mean, I I, I see it from the client standpoint because sometimes I feel like brand building is like, hey, let's go spend a bunch of money and we're just like not going to have like performance driven KPIs, right? And like it's it's like really easy to do like because we can say hey, we got this many impressions and we got this much, you know, reach or whatever. Um but then, you know, the business kind of really grapples has to grasp it like well, where was the ROI on this? And so I see it from the business owner standpoint of of like brand to me just sometimes feels like like giving the marketing team a blank check to go like have fun and like do crazy stuff but like not really be accountable to a result. So how do you How do you guys bring brand in a more, like, direct, quantifiable way to clients? Like, How do you convince them to do that at a B2B level? Well, firstly,
1: I mean, there's loads to unpack there, right? Firstly, the two aren't mutually exclusive. You should never turn one off to turn one on. Yep. You know, investing in your brand long term should ultimately make your short-term lead generation perform better. But obviously, it takes a while for that to filter through. But the really key thing that you mentioned there, and I think that it's really important to pick up on this, is marketers often get bogged down into communicating to boards in completely the wrong way. They're talking about leads and click-throughs and views in a way that the business and the board and the people signing the checks do not care about, right? it's a real problem amongst marketing communities in that they they're talking in their language not in the business's language the business wants to know about how does this move the revenue dial and how does this this ultimately make us more profit and the sooner marketers realize that their matri- metrics are really important for them in the it, it behind closed doors but actually you need to change the language in which you use when you're talking to to boards to justify whatever marketing you want to do is is vitally important but going back to your you know initial question how do you showcase the value of brand well we're about to head into a recession right I know obviously you know a lot of your listeners would be based in the US but certainly here in the UK it's pretty inevitable and the easy thing for businesses to do will be to cut marketing spend And when you cut marketing spend, the easy thing to cut is brand awareness because it doesn't have that tangible short-term ROI, right? The issue is, is that in times of recession, in times of the global pandemic, in times of uncertainty, buyers, consumers, whether they're business consumers or whether they're general consumers because they're the same person, they're nine to five or five to nine, they're the same individuals, they've got emotions. They want to go to brands that they trust. They want to go to brands that they feel uh, have a presence in the market that is more official or more out there than maybe their competitors. And I think that that trust element is something that is often overlooked when it comes to building brand awareness. You think about some of the massive brands that you and I probably buy from all of the time, right? You've got to think, well, why do I buy from Apple? Or Apple's probably the one word to use when we talk about trust. But, you know, why do I buy from big brands? Well, it's because they're in your face all the time, but also they feel so large. They're advertising so much that they're ingrained in a, a society and culture which makes us, rightly or wrongly, trust them more. So you know, as a consumer, I will buy from brands that I feel are there, right? If I don't know they're there, if I don't you know know what they stand for, you know, we talk about an era now where everyone's talking about the their sustainability or or their ESG or, you know, what they're doing for for the communities. That's brand. That's building brand awareness. That's not about short term lead gen metrics. They are all things that are ways of telling your story as a business. Storytelling doesn't just have to be putting a a, um, a lead gen report behind a data capture page or, or creating, uh, you know, mid funnel content to move people down the funnel. Storytelling is about how you convey your who you are as a business. and, And that's through your, your brand and, and above the line advertising. It's, it's, it's so prevalent, people underestimate how prevalent building your brand actually is, certainly in more competitive spaces. So we work in a very, very competitive environment, right? Say, you know, the big four is a great example. They're all competing for the same share of attention. The one that will prevail is the one that can articulate their brand and get the most exposure most quickly.
0: Yeah, it's good, man. You know you know you you know your <laughs> stuff. Um we won't we won't uh we won't tell our audience that. <laughs> so let's talk about your agency for a minute. Uh 65 people, 5 years. What was the catalyst to start the business? I mean, was the intention um from day 1 that this was going to be uh I mean, I mean a lot of agencies struggle to get past that like 15 or 20 people like level, um, let alone doing that in five years, I think is, is really impressive. So first of all, congratulations on that. But second of all, like what was the catalyst when you decided to create the business? And was there a aggressive growth plan? Or was that more of a kind of a chance like, hey, we hit the right market at, at the right time kind of a scenario? I mean, it's been quite slow, I must say. Now, um,
1: uh, oh, look, we've got grand ambitions. I think uh, we were very lucky. So I come from a publishing background. And uh, I'm a shareholder in a a publishing business called Raconteur. And we actually built the agency out of a publishing business. So what happened was we were creating a lot of content aimed at the C-suite. And this content was created and then we sold advertising solutions off the back of it as a traditional publishing model works. Now, what then happened was we got those advertisers coming to us saying, we love what you do. Uh, We love the content you create. Can you help us create something similar for our own audiences? So actually, sounds sad to say it or weird to say it, but we fell into building an agency and I fell in love with agency world versus publishing world, funnily enough. And, you know, the the more we got into agency-style work and relationships with our clients, the more I realized that, A, there was a big opportunity in the market for B2B and, and, and working with big brands targeting C-suite individuals. But B there are massive cultural differences between traditional publishing businesses and agencies. So as we built this business, we realized that, you know, we needed a completely different infrastructure in terms of how we deliver contracts, uh, employees. And then obviously we started hiring from other agencies to get that experience and now into our business. But it's really important that we set up from that world because it meant that we never had the kind of red tape all the legacy issues that plague agencies, maybe around speed or efficiencies in delivery. But the other real benefit we had was we had a great roster of clients from day dot. You know, there aren't many agencies that are our age that can talk about the types of clients that we have. Now, I will put that down to the fact of where we came from. Now, the relationships we have with those companies now are so agency-esque, that, you know, we've had to work on that quite considerably over the number of years, but we were fast-tracked in the sense of we got clients that we should never have got because we were punching above our weight because we, of where we came from. Um, And you say, you know, we've grown well. As I said, uh, we ain't stopping there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to com slash Cloudways or use promo code D-A-S-C-W when signing up. Let's get back to our show. Well, that's, and that's cool. I mean, I think if there's a takeaway for me is that, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of publishers that have a rich audience of, of customers. That have decided to, you know, and, and many niches out there, right? There's like endless, you know, niches that people could look at. That they're, you know, they I think what you've you've been able to prove is there's a narrative from a sponsor or a, you know, a, a funder of a publishing site to a client of an agency. And I think if agencies aren't looking at publishers as, you know, strong partnership opportunities, helping them create content, potentially being a referral partner helping their sponsors create more effective funnels and more effective advertising. I mean, it seems like you've proven that there's there's a model there, not just for, for, for the business, but also even for, for creating like a support infrastructure around a publisher, which is pretty cool. It is really difficult though. Like um, publishers think
1: agencies get in the way and agencies think publishers just want to sell advertising, right? And it has not been easy. And there were massive differences. I think one example of someone that might have done it pretty well who have been in the news because they've just sold to a UK-based business is is Industry Dive. I don't know if you know them, but a massive publisher, came started in the US, don't quote me on where, started as a publisher, but then also offered agency-style services. But they are very few and far between brands that straddle the agency and publisher uh, yeah. divide. And the one thing I would just stress now is the businesses are quite separate. Um, it just so happens that we were spawned out of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's been What's been a challenge for you? I mean, I, you mentioned, you know, adjusting into the agency business model has been kind of a challenge. What What other challenges have you seen? You know, kind of going from zero to sixty five people in a somewhat short period of time
1: everything changes. Like the way that you're set up, uh, you know, between zero and 10 is completely different between, you know, 10 and 60. Uh, And, you know, process, you know, uh, when you're working at speed, when you're working with different types of clients, when you're hiring consistently, I would have invested more in processes more early on. And I think for me, you know, like my role has completely changed in the business. It's only now since... We got to that 60 employee mark where I was able to hire a very senior leadership team to manage the business day to day. uh, And I can get out there a little bit more, which is what I love doing. To be really honest with you, I felt a little bit suffocated by the business's growth over a couple of, of years because the business wasn't actually getting my value. You know, my value is, like I said, being out there, not being in there every day dealing with all of the stuff that you have to deal with when you're running a business of of that many employees. It's, it's very interesting.
0: Yeah. What have been some uh, unexpected high points for you? Maybe, you know, you mentioned that you kind of fell in love with the agency business. Why is that?
1: I mean, look, I think I like being challenged by clients. We love that challenge because we challenge our clients, right? With the provocative truth. So we expect them to challenge us. The relationships, you get more time to, to build some very well-cemented relationships when you're you're running an agency because you're so ingrained in, in the businesses that you work with. And I think overall, you know, the output, the creativity that goes into the work that we do, and I'm sure other agencies do, is so refreshing and just sitting in front of whiteboards with your your business, coming up with ideas, coming up with ideas with that, going back to that umbrella view, you know, the the helicopter view for your clients, having a different view for the the businesses than they would ever have internally. That excites me. And pitching something, pitching an idea to a, a business where, people that aren't just in marketing start sitting up and taking notice. I always notice those bits in meetings where you're presenting something, you're looking at the room and and you're examining, you know, how people are, are feeling. And, you know, that moment, that aha moment where people love what you've done, you know, I, I can't stress how great that feels.
0: Richard, this has been a lot of fun, man. Do you have a few minutes to stick around for our lightning round? 100%, 100%. What is the best advice you've ever received? The cliche, the cliche
1: is uh, higher, higher slow, fire, fast. Um, But the other best advice I've I've received is, yeah, don't don't stop. Like like we said earlier, you know, like um, always make sure you stay grounded and humble. Uh, I think that is incredibly important and something that maybe I wasn't uh, towards the early part of my career, but definitely something I've learned along the way.
0: Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? The relentless attitude to just keep doing more. Can you share an internet resource or a tool or app that you use regularly that you think our listeners would find valuable? Just read. Uh,
1: Read as many and many different news sources related to your industry as you possibly can.
0: Speaking of reading, what book would you recommend and why? Well, mine, obviously.
1: B to B market. The, the bottom line. No, um, I would recommend Tough Calls by Alan Layton for anyone running a, a business. Alan Layton was formerly the CEO
0: of Tesco, uh, Savorsky, and uh, Raw Mail. We will link out to Tough Calls. We will also link out to your book, uh, Richard. <laughs> so don't 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 fret, folks. Can find that link at our show notes page at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. We'll organize those uh, those habits, takeaways, advice, nuggets from today's episode, all in one place. So if you're out on a run or driving around and you don't have a pen and paper handy, just go to yougurus.com. You'll see Richard's photo right up at the top. Click on him and you'll see all those resources organized in one nice, nice, neat place. Richard, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything else you have for them to check out?
1: Uh, just go on my LinkedIn. And obviously, we have our own podcast, not to steal listeners away from you. Uh, B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth where we get a, a marketer on the show every week to talk about a provocative truth in, in their industry. had some amazing guests on it. So check it out.
0: Very cool. We will also link out to your LinkedIn profile, get you some social media followers. And if you have time to add another podcast, but not substitute to the Digital Agency Show, then I give you permission to go check out the B2B Provocative Truth <laughs> Podcast. So check the, check all that out. YouGurus.com forward slash podcast. We'll also link out to Richard's agency, Alan. Uh, And you can check out some of their work, their clients, and uh, some of the stuff that they've been able to accomplish to, to achieve the success that they have. So Richard, thanks so much for stopping by the program today. Thanks very much, Brent. Thanks for having me. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember you want this free gift all about how to scale to six and seven figures and beyond in your agency just text the word freedom to 720-792-8036 that's the word freedom to 720-792-8036 until next time i'm brent weaver